0: Welcome to the Myositis Family Circle podcast, sponsored by the Myositis Association, or TMA. The myositis diagnosis and journey is different for each person and includes more than the individual. This podcast is designed to provide support, information, and inspiration for our myositis family. Hi, I'm Kim Gray, and I'm walking in your shoes as a DM patient. I'll be your host during our episodes, where we'll be talking with myositis patients and caregivers across all diagnoses. And my co-host is TMA's Rachel Bromley, who is the Senior Manager of Patient Education Support and Advocacy. Thanks, Kim. Tune in to each episode and listen in as our guests share their story about the journey from diagnosis to treatment to thriving with all forms of myositis along with our caregivers. Today's guest is Malati, who will who is going to share some of their myositis journey. Hi Malati, how are you doing today?
1: I'm actually doing great, thank you. Just finished working out and uh, always feel energized after exercise.
0: Well, what form of myositis do you have and how long did it take for you to get diagnosed?
1: I have inclusion body myositis, affectionately known for those of us who have it is IBM and I actually started tripping and falling in 2002 so at this point of this recording I have had symptoms for at least 20 years and if I look back there were probably symptoms before that and my journey obviously a 20-year journey is uh a lot different than folks who are recently diagnosed where there's a little bit more knowledge about the 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 disease so i started shopping i fortunately i live in an area with major research hospitals nearby And I started shopping, basically shopping for doctors. And uh, I went to a neurologist and she did an ANA, which is uh, looking for antibody. Then for some reason, she thought I might have lupus. Okay, that wasn't it. And then 2009, I went to my... uh, I won't tell you everything that happened between 2002 and 2009 because I was basically shopping for somebody to figure out what's happening. Why am I falling so much? Meanwhile, I am also exercising because I'm assuming, well, hey, I'm falling, I'm tripping. And I'm tripping over my own feet and doing face plants on the sidewalk, on the people's lawns, you know, everywhere. And I'm exercising like crazy because it's like, okay, this has to do something with my muscles. My muscles aren't strong and I'm tripping. And in 2009, I went to one of the major research hospitals in my area. And immediately that neurologist said, Let's run you through the EMG, the muscle—I call it the muscle electrocution test—where they run they run energy <laughs> through your legs, and it's painful. Actually, they stick pins in your legs, and it's actually painful. And uh, okay, so that showed something's going on. And so the next thing was, okay, let's do a muscle biopsy, and they took a small sample out of my left tricep which is the upper back muscle of your arm and uh sent pathologists to the pathologist and the report came back that there was something happening they found something called a granuloma on on one of the slides and so i was diagnosed with a disease i later found out it doesn't even exist granulotomous myositis and so then i went to took that knowledge and I went to another major research hospital which is closer to home and they immediately put me on a, muscle, a rejection medicine that is used for people who have transplants and so I was on that for a while and I kept saying you know I'm getting weaker, something's happening. And they're saying, oh no, your numbers look great. Your lab numbers look great. And I'm fighting with them. No, something is happening. I'm getting weaker. And I'm still, I'm exercising still. And at that time, I was exercising against medical advice because at that time, if you have something, anything with myositis in it, the the rule of thumb is don't exercise it's gonna cause inflammation. And I was thinking, well, you know what? You don't know exactly what causes what I have, and you don't know the mechanism of action of what I have. I'm gonna exercise anyway. It is so
0: amazing that you went on your instincts with that because we have heard that again and again, and um, it's the exact wrong advice to, to be given. So it's kudos to you. Yeah. Well, now, now
1: we know for IBM, it is the single only treatment we have, which is to keep the muscles that aren't yet impacted as strong as possible so that you extend your quality of life. And uh, so eventually I went to a a TMA, the TMA annual patients conference Mm -hmm. in uh, 2014 or 15, I was ready to fly from, at that time I was actually living in Hawaii. I was ready to fly to Johns Hopkins to because they, of the obvious uh, reason, the major clinic there for myositis. And uh, Dr. Mammon said, I I approached him and I said, hey, you know what, what do I need to get do to get over to you? I've got this rare form of myositis. And he said, oh, you don't need to fly all the way to Baltimore, standing right next to me is one of the renowned myositis docs, Dr. Tussin Mozaffar, and he's in California. And it's like, okay. So he, he, he's, he's great. He said, oh, I could tell you right now, what you think you have, you don't have, you have inclusion body myositis. Um, <laughs> That's I, Dr. Mozaffar for you. I love <laughs> his, his approach. He's out of the box, mm-hmm. anchor, as am I. Mm-hmm. And uh, so immediately he said, okay, get your, get your labs, get your slides sent to me at UC, UC Irvine and uh, and make an appointment to see me. So we did that. He looked over the slides himself and saw, yeah, on slide number five, the pathologist saw this granuloma. On slide number seven and eight were the, the, the features that you look for to see the inclusion bodies, the rimmed vacuoles, everything that is an identifier, a definitive identifier of inclusion body myositis. So you know, I I shop doctors. I don't, I don't take any doctor as the doctor that I want unless I've really researched them. And I liked his approach and I liked his his def- definitive. He looked at the slides himself. And so I basically decided I don't care where I live in the world, he will be my doc. And um, he's he's also a straight shooter with me. And that's and I come having read all the research, so I come with really serious questions. And so now, oh, he took me. He actually wrote a paper about me as a as a patient, as sort of an example case study, as an example of how docs should not really be, be careful about how you diagnose because it may not be what you think it is. And then he took me on on his rounds of uh, colloquiums as a, as, a, as a sample patient and had had docs like, you know, they ask you questions and then the docs and the audience have to decide what, what a diagnosis you had. And uh, so that was kind of a fun year after diagnosis. And so still, at that time, there was no, that was like 2016, there was no no real idea of what's causing this and the mechanism of action. And so my first thought when I was completely, definitively diagnosed is, thank God I don't have ALS. And (laughs) I'm just going to go about doing what I need to do. And I I love my work and my work requires me to travel internationally. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and, and live my best life doing what I love doing. And, yeah, uh, that
0: was my question. How have you learned to cope with this diagnosis? It sounds like you have a very positive mindset.
1: I do have a positive mindset. and And what happens is you continue to make adaptations and you then and then the other thing that i've discovered and if i have to if i have to give advice to anybody who's newly diagnosed is number one make sure that you belong to tma make sure that you belong to myositis for support and understanding which is complementary to what tma offers and that you keep up you keep up your knowledge on not just where you are but where you're going to be and then i i'm just now after 20 years i'm just now entering uh stage two on the functional rating scale myositis functional rating scale so I know, okay, now it's really time for me to study what's happening in stage three, because I've got to be prepared. So I'm always making these little adjustments. And years ago, my hands are weaker than my legs. Years ago, when I'm at an airport, I'd buy water and ask the person next to me, would you open this for me? And everybody, without fail, was willing to help. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I buy little things for adaptation, and then don't use them anymore because it's like, oh, I need something else. And it's um, it's not fun. This is not a fun disease. As, as somebody said, this is not for the weak of heart. And we do have our days when we say, oh, nuts, I can't stand this anymore. And those days are, I just got a call from a friend who had a major fall this week and had broke her back And so so now we are all supporting her. And uh, so the support groups are really, really necessary. And so if I have advice for folks, it's exercise as as though your life depends on it because your quality of life does depend on it. And I will continue exercising until I can't anymore. And then join these support groups Join TMA, join my side of support and understanding, and, and and just enjoy whatever you, gives you joy for as long as you can.
0: That's amazing. Then, Thank yeah, you for so me, much.
1: Eventually, for me, it will become an internal life. When my external body doesn't work anymore, then it will be what I always enjoyed, which is research. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you being with us here today. Thank you for tuning in to our audience. You were just listening to the Myositis Family Podcast. And if you enjoyed this show, please be sure to find us on Facebook. Visit myositis.org and share your comments. Remember, from surviving to thriving, we are in this together.